Luke, can you go ahead and put that picture up for me? So I want to show you guys, last week we talked about a supper, but can anybody tell me what this is called right here? The Last Supper. How lonely would Jesus be if nobody was sitting next to him? Look at this for a minute, you know? Uh, I think about, and I look at this picture here, and, and, and I today we're going to be talking a lot about this moment. Does anybody know what day of the week that this took place on? For extra credit. Anybody know? Exact, any, anybody know? Take a stab at it. Close. Uh, just pick a day. Throw it. Huh? No. Okay. This took place on Thursday. Okay. This took place on Thursday. And I want to tell you why. Okay. So Jesus on this day, this is called what we know as the triumphant entry or Palm Sunday. This is when Jesus came in to town and the purpose of him coming there was the purpose of doing this, not, not getting this picture painted. All right. The purpose was not to come in and do a portrait of him and his disciples. That was not the purpose of this. The purpose of him coming in was to celebrate what? Does anybody know? The Passover. The pa- Easter didn't happen yet. Passover, all right? And, um, and so this took place right here. He, he came together with his disciples to celebrate. Everybody say Passover. And so this happened on Thursday, okay? There were some other things that took place, and actually, the Lord dealt with me, and I'm going to do a timeline this whole week, and I may go live this week each night just to do a, a small thing on, on different things that happened during this week, which is also called Passion Week, okay? And so during this Passion Week and during this Holy Week here, a lot of things took place, and so there's one thing that took place here, which I want to talk to you about. We're going to leave this picture up because I want you to have an idea of what Passover and where it first started and everything like that. You know, God allows a restart. Has anybody um, ever, you know, anybody, how many still have computers? Anybody got a computer? You remember those things, a laptop or whatever like that? I know we all use phones. But even, do you know that sometimes you got to restart your phone, right? I know my phone, I had an older phone like that, and I had to restart it because my phone, I had too much storage on it, too much junk. And um, how many in here have like 50 windows open at one time? You got on your phone, you get always doing this, you got to delete every window. And, and so things kind of slow down like on your phone and on your computer when you got too many things open at one time. And then when you got too much things and too much clutter, you got to restart. Everybody shout restart. And so today I want to talk to you about a spiritual restart that took place in the Bible. And, and I believe that God uh, wants and is allowing us to have a time of restart. Again, Jesus, now this happened right here just hours before he was crucified, just hours. Because on this night right here, this is when he served uh, the bread, and this is where we get communion from. <clears throat> when he served the bread and he served uh, the wine, and he talked about the blood of the new covenant and how the bread represented his body. And then that's when Judas went left that night and told uh, where Jesus was at and actually betrayed Jesus. Does anybody know how much money? Does anybody know? 30 pieces of silver. Okay. And so today I'm going to teach you a lot because I think, I think it's necessary to know why we do what we do. So now here is Jesus. He's sitting with his, uh, his, uh, his disciples serving Passover. Now let's, let's take a look back to the moment that when God first instructed the Passover. Last night I was flipping through the channels and guess what I found on TV last night? The Ten Commandments. 
Okay, and it was very dramatic and, and very cool, you know, and, and so I'm watching the Ten Commandments, and of course I fell asleep right on the, mo- the part I wanted to watch was about the Passover, okay? And so here is God now getting ready to tell the children of Israel about the Passover. Now, why was he about to do this? Because nine plagues have already happened. The children of Israel, they're in bondage. They're in Egypt. They're there for many, many years. And so now God is about to deliver them, and he's about to bring the 10th plague on them, which is what? The plague of the, of the, the, the death angel going to go through and going to wipe out the firstborn sons. Now watch. Now, now follow me. Okay? God wants to free the children of Israel out of Egypt for one reason, to serve him. That, that's, that, that's something that a lot of us miss, okay? The reason why Moses was going to deliver the children of Israel out of Egypt was not to go to the promised land. That was, that was a plus, but it, that was not the real reason. The real reason was to go serve him in the wilderness. In fact, it says to have a feast to me in the wilderness. Okay, so now watch. So God, now I'm in Exodus I'm in Exodus chapter, um, I'm in, I'm sorry, I'm in Exodus chapter 12. All right. This is going to get good. All right. So in Exodus chapter 12, in verse 1, the Lord spoke to Moses and going to explain him now about the Lord's Passover. All right. So he says, now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, this month shall be the beginning of months, and it shall be the first month of the year. God was spiritually speaking, Moses, this is going to be a restart for you and the children of Israel. This is the beginning of years. Okay? Everybody shout restart. This is beginning of a new year. Israel's moment of new birth was now. This was a new start. This was such a dramatic moment in their lives. And what God was prophetically saying was this is a new season from everything from this point is going to change. And there are people right now in this room that you need to restart, maybe personally with God. How many need a restart with God? You need a restart. Come on. I need a restart in my family, in my marriage, in business, in life. There are a lot of us in this room right now this morning, I know me included, needs a restart in my faith. Come on. How many can say that? I need need to restart my faith. I need to learn to believe God again. And this is what I hear God saying. This is the most critical moment the world has faced in over 2,000 years, that this is a spiritual restart. Not the moment of crisis, but the moment of coming out of crisis. Over these last few years, we've experienced a lot of different things that has challenged us and surrounded and pressed us in many ways. We've been weighed down with such fear, hurt, worry, uncertainty. We're still faced with that today. I got an email from the Church of God um, that there was actually a Church of God missionary a Church of God missionary was killed in the missile attack in Ukraine just the other day. The train station that got that got uh, that got blown up there that killed women and children. There was a Church of God missionary there too that was helping people get out of the country. He was killed in that accident as well. There's so many things going on in the country, so much uncertainty. But today Jesus wants to give us a restart. We were once dead in our sins. But because of Jesus, because of his great love in Ephesians 2, 1, it said that we can now, we're, we're brought near to Jesus. Now watch this. Now he, he's explaining this to them, and he's telling them what to do in this moment. He said, at a, at a certain time, I want you to make sure to get all of the family inside of the house. So speak to all the congregation of Israel, and on the 10th of this month, every man shall take for himself a lamb. According to the house of his father, 
a lamb for his household, and, his she- and, and if the household is too small for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house. Take it according to the number of persons, according to each man's need. Your lamb shall be without blemish and shall be of the first year. Now watch this. He said, let the lamb be with you guys for four days. Okay? The lamb's supposed to sit with you for four days, and then after that, you're supposed to kill it. And now, why would he tell them to keep the lamb for four days? You know, there was a, there was a time where, like, he wanted that thing to be close to them. They want to feel the sacrifice when they would go ahead and get rid of that. And so he said, I want you to go ahead and kill the lamb, but there was something that you need to do, okay? I need you to go ahead and take some of the blood. Now watch. Now, I want you to take some of the blood, okay? Hey, how you doing? Need your driveway done? <laughs> All right. So now watch. So I want you to take some of the blood, okay? And I want you to take it and put it over the doorpost of the house. He says, so that way when the death angel comes and sees the blood, everybody shout, see the blood. You see, we don't talk about the blood a lot in the church anymore. We don't understand the wonder-working power of the blood of Jesus. And so he said, take some of the blood, okay, and I want you to take it, and I want you to put it over the doorpost of the house. Take it and put it over the doorpost of the house so that when the, the death angel sees it and over the lentils, which is the top of it, and the doorpost, so that way when the death angel comes and he sees the blood, that he'll cross over and he'll pass over. Everybody shout, pass over. You see, I want you to make sure and that when the death angel sees that, that it will pass over when it sees the blood at the front door. But you see, there are some things that you got to make sure that the door can't be opened when this happens. You see, a lot of times he said, he said this, he said, watch, he said, make sure and get in, into the house and close the door. Everybody shout, close the door. He said, make sure and close the door. The reason for that is so that way everybody is safe inside of the house when he sees the blood. Why was the blood applied to the door? It was a visible sign that when the death angel would pass, it would pass over the home and everyone in the home was protected. You know, there's, you know, there, there's some things and ways that we need to learn how to pray, like applying the blood over our family. Jesus, you know, apply the blood of Jesus over our children and applying the blood of Jesus over marriages and over our minds. Why? Because then, you know, these things will pass over our lives and we're protected because of the blood. It's also, it was also a visible reminder that the family that lived there, that they're being protected by Jesus. They're they're being protected by the Lord, not Jesus, because Jesus wasn't there yet. But they were being protected by God. Now, why a lamb? You know, lamb was always used for the atonement or forgiveness of sin. Jesus was called what? The Lamb of God. John the Baptist, when he was there, he he saw Jesus when he was at the Jordan River. He said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He was referred to as the Lamb. But the blood of Jesus, the Bible says, without the, the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sin. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13, it says, Now, in Christ, we were once far, but were brought near because of the blood of Jesus. Are you getting this so far? Okay? 
And so here, again, the blood was applied. Why was the door to be closed? Everybody say, shut the door. God is saying today, don't keep the door open any longer to the enemy. Don't keep the door open to sin. Have you ever, have you ever been in your house and, and, and you feel like a draft and you go around? I know I've woken up before and I found the, the door open, like to the laundry room, because our, our door, our laundry room is kind of in the garage there and everything, and I'm, I'm feeling cold air come in, you know? I'm feeling in cold air. Um, <laughs> one time I found a bird in my house. I know. Be as superstitious as you want, but I found a bird in my house, okay? And so we had, we, had, uh, we had some work done in our house, and we had the attic open, the little attic door, right? And so uh, I, I'm talking to Alex. Alex is at the top of the stairs. I'm talking to him. All of a sudden, man, a bird comes in, flies in through the, out of the attic and into a bedroom, and I'm freaking out. I'm like, oh, my God, Alex, what is going on here? And so and, and thank God that I, I went in there, just opened the window, and thank God that the bird got out right away. And so there are, there are openings in our home that, that we need to shut to the enemy. And, you know, it, it could be just a small crack. It could be, just be a small crack in the door. And little by little, the enemy will try to creep in in any way that he possibly can. The enemy don't want the door. He, he, he can get in through hurt, through unforgiveness, through unbelief. You know, these are called open doors in our life. You know, there's a reason why people suffer with alcoholism today, because somewhere along the line, somewhere when they were younger, they, they opened a door to this, and, it, and the re- that's the reason why they're there today, not because of the taste of it or a drug. Or, there's a reason why people are addicted to certain things today, because somewhere earlier in their life, they opened a door to it, they cracked open a door to it, and because it took root in their life. Are you still with me? You see, there are messed up adults today because they had a screwed up childhood. Can somebody shout amen to that? There are, there are marriages that are not doing well today because maybe they, they grew up in a home that was broken or they grew up in a dysfunctional home. And so now their home today is struggling with dysfunction because that same spirit carried over. Why? Because of the open door that was, is this too deep for a Palm Sunday morning? Are you getting this so far? And so I'm trying to help you understand that there are open doors. There are things that we open up to in our life, you know, through, through different situations that happen. There are things that happen that's out of our control that create open doors. There are things that happen out of our control that create open doors in our life. But God, today, we can shut the door to the enemy. Now watch this. I love this part. Um, Jay, come and help me out one second because I'm not kind of close, but I just... You just play so beautiful, son. I was listening to you play yesterday. It's, it's an, it really is anointed of God. I just, I just need your help one second. Now watch this. Th- th- this part, I love this part. So after you shut the door, there's something else that you've got to do. He said, go through your house and search and get rid of the leaven. Everybody shout leaven. Now what does leaven do? Leaven in the natural, is a, it's, it's yeast, Right? And when you put it in bread, what does it cause the bread to do? Rise. What's another word it does? It puffs it up. Are you watch this? He said, get all the leaven out. Everybody shout, get the leaven out. And there's somebody, no, no leaven found in your house. And he said, go in your house and get all the leaven. And so what God was spiritually was saying was get the sin out. Get the pride. That's what, that's what puffed up is, is pride. 
And so God is saying, get rid of the leaven. Therefore, purge out the old leaven, that you may be a new lump, since you are truly unleavened. For, for indeed, Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us in 1 Corinthians 5, 7. And so God is saying to get rid of the leaven, get rid of the pride, get the things out of our life, get the sin out. You know, we don't want to confront sin. We're okay with that. We, you know, we, we, we tend to just kind of hold on to, to, to the little things, to the little sins. And, and God is saying there is no little sin or big sin. It's sin. But get the sin out. Get the pride out. Get these things out of our life that keeps us away from God. Think about this. What is, what is in your home? What is in your home right now? What is in your spiritual house? Do you know the Bible says that we're spiritual houses, that we're temples of the Holy Spirit? And so God is asking today, what is living inside of you? What doors have you opened up and allowed open in your life? And God is saying, it's time to shut these doors. It's time to get the pride out. It's time to get the unforgiveness out. It's time to stop holding on to this. It's time to get this out of our lives once and for all. Jesus is our lamb. He's the Passover lamb. Jesus, that's what Jesus was doing here. When, when he came here and, and he's sitting with his disciples, he started, he looked back on this. He said, he wanted them to remember the Passover. He wanted them to remember. He said, listen, what you did then, you took a lamb. He said, now I am going to be the perfect lamb. I am the lamb of God. This is the reason why Jesus came, became the Passover lamb, so that we're no longer separated from God. So that because of his death on the cross and because the blood he shed on the cross, now we're brought near to the Lord. We're brought near because, why? Because of the blood of Jesus. We can't be so hung up on the blessings and the healings and the benefits of God more than our relationship with him. Or the plans of God. Can somebody shout amen to that? We get hung up on that. We get hung up on the the plans of God, the blessing of God, the gifts of God. We get so hung up on the gifts of God that we forget about the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, long-suffering, self-control. This is the fruit of the Spirit, according to Galatians 5.22. And that's what God wants wants to live in our house. You know, yesterday... I had I had a I had a moment to to help show the fruit of the spirit, right? So I'm driving here to church. And as I'm driving here to church, just before you get to Route 10, you're going over this that bri- that bridge, right? On on Furnace Branch. <clears throat> I get there and, and there's a car that's broke down the road, and this guy is behind the car and he's struggling to push his car up this up the road. And he's struggling for all of his life, and there's cars coming full speed. I mean, there's no shoulder. This man's going to get hit, okay? So I knew what happened. I, I said, I said they're out of gas. So I, I came here to the 7-Eleven, bought a gas can, got two gallons of gas, and I came back to the, to the guys. As I get behind him, he starts screaming, oh, my God, I can't believe it's you. It's somebody from the food pantry. One of the guys from the food pantry, I can't remember his name. He starts telling me his whole life story. Man, I'm not on drugs no more. I'm free. I'm not addicted no more. Uh, uh, my wife's in the car, man. She, uh, she's all crying. She's all messed up. I can't get the car running and all this. I said, it's okay, dude. Just calm down. I said, I got you. I got the gas can. He put the gas in. He's shaking. Gas is going all over the place. Right? 
Anyway, long, my, my, long story short, he wants me now to push him, you know, with the, my truck. I'm like, no, man. I said, just keep trying it. Anyway, thank God he got the car started. And he, he took off, and he's just screaming at me. He said, hey, y'all open tomorrow? I'll be there tomorrow. He's not here, but I mean, but he said, y'all go, y'all open tomorrow? I said, yeah, man, we're here. I said, I didn't, now, now watch this. I didn't, I didn't give him any scripture. I didn't pray with him. I didn't speak in tongues. I didn't get a revelation from God that this guy needed help. But when we're serving the Lord, and when we want to make Jesus our life, it's in those moments that we have to learn how to stop focusing so much on us and learn how to see that there are people around us that we can we can show love to. We can have we can have these moments, these God moments where where we allow God to move through you. I'm not saying to stop to every every broke down vehicle because accidents can happen and God forbid bad things can take place. I'm not saying for you to stop and do something like that. But there are moments and situations and all around us with family and friends that where we can stop and we can show Jesus. And God is saying today, and this is why I hear the Lord saying so strong, that if we would ever stop living for ourselves, if we would learn how to crucify our flesh and say, Jesus, mark my life with your blood. Mark my heart with your blood. So that way that I don't forget about you that when I'm in situations. And see, that's that's what God was talking to the children of Israel. He, he did this. See, this was a symbol of not forgetting who the Lord is in our life. Because later on, after they got out of Egypt, God has another conversation with them. And he said, I want you to do something else. I want you to not forget the commandments of God. I want you to not forget the laws and, and how much you are to me and what you mean to me and he said do something he said don't forget to love the Lord your God with all of your heart soul and mind love God with everything within you love God do something else don't forget about me when you get into this land and live in houses that you didn't build and and you glean from fields and of fruit that you didn't even plant of gardens there and wells that you didn't dig don't forget about me God was saying he said, in fact, I want to be like frontlets between your eyes. I don't know if you've ever seen Jews or not. Uh, and some of the old Jews, they would wear these, these square things over top of their head, on their forehead. And they would wear them as frontlets. They would wear these little boxes filled with the pro that promise to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And he said, do something else. He said, put it on the doorpost of your house. Have you ever been in Jewish communities and you've seen like a little scroll on the house? I'll know where you're working at if you're working around Reisterstown anywhere. Because you see it, you see the little scroll there. And that scroll, they said to put it on the right side of the door too. And that little scroll is called the mezuzah. The mezuzah literally means doorpost. But they would put that there and on there would be, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, and mind. And then every time that they, they were told to put that up there, they would pray a blessing, oh God of the universe. And they would say, God, make this, this house a holy place. You see, God was telling them, don't forget about me in your homes. Make your homes a place of worship. Make your homes a holy place. Make it a place where our children learn of you. In fact, he said, tell your children when you wake up 
in the morning, tell them about the goodness of God. When they go to bed, tell them about the goodness of God. Whenever, wherever you go, wherever you walk around, tell them. Let this be a constant reminder that we're in covenant. Let this be a constant reminder that God is, this is, God is the God of my house. You know, Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And if I walk in, in, in some of our homes here, I'm sure you probably got scriptures on the wall and you got maybe, you know, maybe a picture like Jesus on the wall somewhere. You got different pictures on the wall that represent God. And, but we may have these pictures that symbolize God. But God is asking you today, is the spirit of the Lord really inside of your home? Or is there nothing but arguing and Division. The Bible says wherever there is fighting and division, every evil thing is present. Did you hear that? Where there's arguing and fighting and division in a home, every it's like a lightning rod for the devil. When there's confusion and there's constant bickering and constant arguing and nothing but sin in the home. Yeah, you might have your scripture on the wall. Yeah, you might say your little prayers or whatever like that. You might have a picture of Jesus. But is Jesus really in our homes? Is our homes really dedicated to the Lord? Have we forgotten that Jesus saved us? Have we forgotten the price that he paid on the cross? Have we forgotten that God has brought us up out of bondage and brought us out of darkness into his light? And that's what God is saying today. Don't forget about me. Don't forget about the Lord. You know what? You know one of the greatest things? What happened? You know what? You know why? You know why the lukewarm church was lukewarm? Because they had money. They said you because you could you could buy yourself you could buy anything you want you think you're okay because of your financial situation because you don't you don't have it's harder to serve God on the mountain than it is in the valley. I want to say that again because that's when we forget about the Lord. We don't forget about the Lord in the valley. David said, "Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, because you're with me." David even knew that God was with him in the valley, but it's on the mountaintops where we got to learn how to still trust the Lord. Come on, are you still with me? Don't forget about God. Have you forgotten? Have we forgotten the goodness of God? Have we forgotten how His goodness and mercy? Have we forgotten the healings? Have we forgotten the forgiveness? Have we forgotten the miracles that He's performed in our life? Have we forgotten them? God was saying this to the children of Israel, and they walked through a sea <laughs> on dry ground in the Red Sea. Can you imagine, like... Maybe they saw sharks going by them or a whale or different fish as they're walking through the sea. They saw water come out of a rock. They saw manna fall from heaven. They saw these amazing signs. Look at the disciples, man. They saw the dead raised. They saw Lazarus come out of the grave. They saw the blind eyes open. They saw Jesus walk on the water. And then as soon as he died, many of them lost hope. They said, ah. I guess that was it. Remember Jesus walking on the road to Emmaus and he was talking, he was walking with the, the couple of disciples there and Jesus hid his identity. They didn't even know it was Jesus. This was after the resurrection. They're talking to him. See, they didn't have Instagram back then. There was no public, it was no public thing. Then, hey, Jesus was alive. And so Jesus came into their midst and talking to them and their hearts burned within them and they knew that Jesus was alive. So God is saying today, would you, would you open the door to your heart again? You know, would we dedicate our hearts to the Lord completely?
will we not forget about him? Put it on the doorpost of your house. Let that be a symbol that, you know, we serve the Lord. You know, it grieves me sometimes when I hear of Christian families, right? And then they have this family gathering, and then some of the family wants to bring alcohol over there, right? And instead of even asking, they just bring their alcohol over there, have their little party. And But they're in a, the Christian home. And it's like, my question is, when are we as Christians going to make the stand and say, this is a holy house. This, this home right here is dedicated to the Lord. Please don't bring that stuff in here. Don't bring no garbage in here. When are we as, as a family going to, to stand and say, you know what, I don't, don't bring your drama in here, your cussing, your, all your, you know, picaza, right? Don't bring your drama in here, your aggravation. Don't bring all that in here. This home, we, we're a Christian home. We want to serve the Lord. You see, that, that was another thing that the mezuzah meant, was that for everybody who walked in their home, they knew that this, this home belonged to the Lord. And so God is saying, don't, don't just have that mark on your life, you know, just, just as an outward symbol, but let it be an inward symbol. That's what water baptism is. It's an outward symbol of what God has did in you. Christ has done in you, awakened your heart. How many receive that word today? Come on. How many want to restart? Restart my heart. Restart my life. Amen. I want to have prayer with you this morning. I'm going to leave this here because next week.